you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church. And now, today's message from Senior Pastor John Lofton. Amen. So let me kind of walk you through some things because the Lord had to walk me through this, so I, I want to walk you through this. Before I can go back into the book of Acts, I wanted to instruct you a little bit on this, the importance of the word sound, sound, somebody say sound, the word sound that's contained in the scripture. So the first thing I want to share with you is this scripture right here in Joel chapter two, verse one. It says, blow ye the trumpet in Zion and sound an alarm in my holy mountain. It said, blow ye the trumpet in Zion and sound an alarm, blow and sound. Blow ye the trumpet in Zion and sound an alarm in my holy mountain. So first of all, we have to discern what is Zion and what is his holy mountain. And we got to do that by the scriptures. So when I began to study this out, God took me to the book of Psalm. And it said this in Psalm 74, 1 and 2. It said, O God, why hast thou cast us off forever? Why does your anger smoke against the sheep of your pasture? So first of all, the sheep of your pasture is, is, pasture is important. He said, remember your congregation, which you have purchased of old, the rod of your inheritance, which you have redeemed. This is Mount Zion. So we, we get some clues here about what Zion is. When people or preachers refer to the church as Zion, now you understand who Zion is. Zion is the sheep of his pasture. Zion is his congregation. Zion are the people he purchased. Zion are the people he redeemed. That's Mount Zion. But you also need to know, well, what is the Holy Temple. So I got another scripture here because it gives you a good clue here in Joel chapter 3, verse 17. So shall you know that I am the Lord your God dwelling in Zion, my holy mountain. Now I just explained to you what Zion was. Zion is the sheep of his pasture. Zion are the people he purchased, the redeemed of the Lord. Amen. So now we know that Zion and the holy mountain are the same. I'm not interpreting scripture for you. It's right there. Right? He says, dwelling in Zion, my holy mountain, then shall Jerusalem be holy, and there shall be no strangers pass through her anymore. So from these passages, I just explained to you what Zion is. So symbolically, this refers to the people of God. Zion, his holy mountain. Somebody say he's talking about me. So when he refers to Zion and he, when he refers to my holy mountain, he's talking about you. He's talking about his church. So now let's go back to Joel because now he says, blow ye the trumpet in Zion. He's talking about you. Sound an alarm in my holy mountain. He's talking about you. So this is not just a specific place. Now, Zion, Mount Zion is a specific place in the Bible, in the natural. But spiritually, God says, I want you to do something. 
So blowing the trumpet and sounding of the alarm must come from God's people. And it is our responsibility to blow the trumpet and sound the alarm. I see, I see. So I got a mm, I got a mm-hmm, and I got to go ahead. Am I doing all right? Can I go a little bit deeper? All right, write this down. There should be a clear and succinct sound that comes from God's people, not polluted, diluted, or mixed with an unclear phonic. It must be a clear and a succinct sound that comes from the people of God. Now, why is this important? I'm glad somebody asked. I know somebody might have been Richard asked that question. Why is that important? Oh, okay, so I'm going to tell you why. You still taking pictures? I'm going to tell you why that's important. Now, interesting enough, the answer to that is found in the New Testament. All right, you ready? All right, because I ain't come to preach today. I came to teach. All right, because I want to show you something in the Bible. I want to get you excited about the Word of God because the Word always compares itself with itself, and it confirms itself, and it is never diametrically opposed. For if the trumpet gives an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to the battle? So if the trumpet gives an uncertain sound, we just said, blow the trumpet in Zion, sound the alarm. But Apostle Paul here warns, if the trumpet gives an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to the battle? So God is telling us there that there must be a clear and distinct and succinct sound that must come from the body of Christ. Not every sound is going to be a sound that God responds to. Hear those little rats rolling around in there. <laughs> now, to go deeper in that particular verse, Apostle Paul used this verse to explain the importance of preaching words that people can understand. He was given a good understanding about preaching five words in where people can understand rather than preaching 10,000 words that people could not understand in tongues. So he was trying to give a good fundamental understanding of when you should use tongues and when you shouldn't. And some people have created a doctrine to think that Apostle Paul was preaching against tongues. He was not preaching against tongues. He was preaching to know so that you can discern when to use them. So he was saying five words that people can understand is better than 10,000 words in tongues that people cannot. So he wasn't saying not to speak in tongues because Apostle Paul said, I speak more in tongues than any of you. So he was not advocating not speaking in an unknown tongue. That is a language. I hope you understand that is not Babel. It is a heavenly language. There are probably some 6,000 languages. Unless you know all 6,000, you can't tell me that my tongue is not a language. Hello, somebody. So this is what Paul was saying, just to to get into it. But to exegete this a little bit more, there is some significance about the importance of a trumpet sound. Can I go a little bit deeper? So the reasons the trumpet had the sound in the Old Testament, there there were four specific reasons. One of the reasons was to call the congregation together, that the priest would blow the trumpet. It was a specific sound. All of the one, over 1.8 million people 
understood that sound. There was a calling together of the congregation. Another reason they would blow the trumpet is to direct the movement of the camp. Because every time the cloud moved, the camp had to prepare itself to move. So when the cloud started to move, there was a trumpet blast that went out, and the children of Israel knew, okay, it's time for us to roll. God is ready to move on. And so you, you would see the different camps. Judah would be the first camp to get prepared to leave because anytime God is moving, you got to send Judah up first. You got Judah means praise. So Judah was always the first camp to get up and go. Dan was always the last camp. Dan means judgment. Because if you don't praise God, nothing is left for you but judgment. So that particular sound blast would tell the children of Israel, it's time for us to move. There was a third reason why the trumpet would blast was during the time of the peace offerings. But there was a fourth time the trumpet would blast that is very specific to what I just said in 1 Corinthians. Are you ready for it? Okay, open your Bibles to Numbers chapter 10. Again, I'm not trying to preach, but I am here to teach. So go to Numbers chapter 10. Somebody said there was a sound. Mm-hmm. Numbers chapter 10, um, I know I, I was going to only read one verse, but the Lord just convicted me and said, there's no way I can read one verse. All right? So since this is a teaching opportunity and we don't have church next Sunday, I'm going to give you a little bit more. Okay? Ready? Are you there? At Numbers chapter 10, let's start reading at verse 1. When you get there, say, I have it. The Bible says, and the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, make two silver trumpets for yourself. You shall make them of hammered work. You shall use them for calling the congregation. Didn't I just tell you that? Yeah. You shall use them for calling the congregation and for directing the movement of the camps. Did I share that with you? Yeah. All right. So Pastor, what line is right there in the word? Verse 3, when they blow both of them, all the congregation shall gather before you at the door of the tabernacle of meetings, or the Ohel Moed, the tent of meetings. Verse 4, but if they blow only one, then the leaders, the heads of the divisions of Israel, shall gather to you. So there is a specific sound that would blow for just the leaders. So there was a specific sound that the leaders needed to hear. Hello? Verse 6, verse 5, and when you sound the advance, the camps that lie on the east side shall begin their journey. When you sound the advance the second time, then the camps that lie on the south side shall begin their journey. Then shall sound the call for them to begin their journeys. And when the assembly is to be gathered together, you shall blow but not sound the advance. The sons of Aaron and the priests shall blow the trumpets, and these shall be to you as an ordinance forever throughout your, your generations. Verse 9, this is where I wanted to get to. When you go to war in your land against the enemy who oppresses you, then you shall sound an alarm with the trumpets. And you will be remembered before the Lord, your God, and you will be saved from your enemies. So let's go back. There we go. For if the trumpet gives an uncertain sound, 
So in other words, saints of God, in battle, there was a certain sound that the trumpets needed to give if the soldiers in battle were to advance. However, there was a certain sound from the trumpet that they would blow to let the soldiers know they were to retreat. However, if the sound was uncertain and the soldiers were not clear what the sound was, it will bring confusion, disorder, and chaos with the soldiers because the soldiers would not be in unity because they didn't hear a clear sound that was given. So the enemy would win because the soldiers were confused. Now, the Bible calls us we are soldiers in the army of the Lord. So we are to hear a clear sound for us to advance as the church. And if the sound that's coming from the pulpit is not clear, if it's not succinct, then you will be in chaos, disorder, and won't know where to go. The sound came from the priest. So if the man of God in the house or the woman of God in the house is given an uncertain sound where there's no clarity, you don't know what's true and what's false. You don't know what's holy and unholy, what's righteous and unrighteous. You don't know light from darkness. Then there's nothing but chaos and you will lose the battle to the enemy. Somebody say a sound from heaven. You are Zion. There is a specific sound that should be coming from the body of Christ. And if you don't give the right sound, you will lose the battle. Now, how do you give the right sound? How often do you pray? If you're not praying, you're not giving the right sound. How often do you worship God spontaneously? And if you're not willing to worship him when all hell is breaking loose or when everything is working out all right, then what kind of sound are you going to give him? How much do you praise God? What kind of sound do you give when you praise him? Because let me tell you something. If the sound that's coming out of your mouth is full of bickering and complaining, you're giving the wrong sound. And you're expecting God to move on your behalf. And God is saying, until you give me the right sound, I'm going to let you sit right there in the battle. Is it strong enough for you? Unbelief is not the right sound. That's not the right sound you're giving. God, I want to trust you, but... God, I've seen you work in other people's lives, but well, I, yeah, God, I, I know you told me to do this, but God, I know you want me to sow this seed, but yeah, but is an argument for your limitations. And when you get to argue for your limitations, you keep them. As long as you argue for your limitations, you will keep your limitations. Everybody got a big butt. B-U-T. All right, ladies, don't, don't be rocking me right now. <laughs> Stay with me. I said B-U-T, not B-U-T-T. 
All right. And what is a big but? That's, that's an argument for your limitation. You always come up with a but. God, I want to do that, but Lord, I know you've told me to forgive them, but you told me to sow that seed, but bitterness is not the right sound either. Bitter, bitterness is one of those things. Bitterness is, is interesting because people who bitter want to be. See, you know, you can become a friend of bitterness. Because mm-hmm. some people just want to be bitter. See, because they've been holding on to bitterness for so long, they don't know how to operate in freedom. And then when you try to tell them, you know what, you need to let that go. How you tell me? I, I know what you don't know what happened to me. See, that's your friend. See, you don't want to let it go. You've become friendly with bitterness. And listen, God only, listen to me very carefully, saints of God. On, God only delivers us from our, our enemies, not from our friends. If you become a friend of the enemy, God is not going to deliver you. He, del- he said, I'll prepare a table in the presence of your enemies, not your friends. When bitterness and unforgiveness becomes your friend, God is not going to deliver you from your friend. You're going to have to denounce that out of your life. Am I helping somebody this morning? See, I want you to operate in freedom. I'm not trying to say anything bad or negative to you. I want you to operate in freedom. You already know what you need to be rebuking in your life. You just won't do it. Why? Because when you do, that means there's a responsibility now to walk in freedom. You know, there's some people hooked on pain. There are some people, they're in bad relationships because they hooked on bad relationships. And when you try to tell them, they get mad at you. You know, that's not healthy for you. Oh, he loves me. Yeah, but he's beating your brains out. Oh, yeah, but he just don't know how to show love. Honey, love don't show that way. Why? They have made this enemy their friend. And you can't help people. You can't deliver people from their friends. You got to pray for them, but they're going to have to make the conscious decision to get out. That's why when people work with domestic violence people, you got to have some discernment or you're going to get pulled into stuff and you might get hurt. Because what? let me tell you what will happen. Most police officers say that they are shot when they're going to domestic calls. They're just walking up. And the guy comes out of nowhere. And you know what happens when they come try to arrest the guy? The woman gets mad at the cop. And then she go bail this sucker out of jail to beat her up some more. Why? Because that's her friend. And he has convinced her that she can't do any better. Come on. I'm preaching better than y'all letting on right now. See, some, some people don't like this kind of preaching because it's the truth. And every time you try to share something, they go, well, you just, uh, I, I, I understand him. No, baby, I understand that you need to get out. I understand that. Well, you know, I just believe the Lord is going to use him. See, you see that, 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 mission, that missionary dating stuff. Y'all know what that is, missionary dating. Now, I, I, I believe, I know he's not a believer, but I believe I can change. You can't change nobody. If they don't want to be changed, you're wasting your time. I ain't here to change nobody in this church. I'm here to change me. 
and the change in me, I hope in the lifestyle I live, you will see an example to want to change. It's not my job to change you, saints of God. That's God's job. It is not your job to change other people. That is the Holy Spirit's job. And some people you need to cut off. Now, people are twisted to say, well, there ain't no love in that church. I love you enough to cut your behind off. Because, listen, let me tell you something. Is loving some, if loving somebody else is hurting you, that's not God. Okay, how you slice it and dice it? Mm-hmm. Somebody's getting delivered right now. Because, see, we need to get delivered from people. We got too many people that made other people your friends, and you can't get delivered. You got to get delivered from people that's always talking negative about you. There are some family members you just don't need to go around right now. Hello, somebody. I'm just telling you the truth here, saints of God. If every time you go around a certain person and they're always negative and they're always talking bad and they're always talking sad and they're always mad, then sometimes you just need to go, hey, I can't come around you today. I'm going to be with me and the Lord. There is nothing that I am going to allow to change my disposition. And if you're around a person and every time you leave them, you feel like you got to take a bath from all of the stuff they just dumped on you, then maybe you need to stop being around them so much. Because when you leave them, you come out with a bad negative attitude. You want to go in, you go in and say, oh, look what the Lord is doing. Oh, God is getting ready to bless me to do this. And when you come out, you go, I don't believe I can do it. They don't they change the way you feel about what God is speaking to your heart. Why? Because misery loves company. If it's a true friend, a true friend wants you to be blessed. If it's a true friend, a true friend will call and congratulate you. If it's a true friend, if it's not a true friend, yeah, well, I don't even know why you took that job. I don't even know why you doing that. Why are you going back to school? Because I don't want to be dumb like you. <laughs> Sitting back complaining. You keep complaining. Just sit back and complain. Let me tell you something, saints of God. Can I just get off script since I'm already off script? Let me, let me just tell you something. Let me, let me see if I can educate for a second here. If you are on a job and you say you want to be promoted, but you're always complaining. Can I help somebody? Can, can, oh God! Can I? Ooh, man, I'm getting hot. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me let me help let me help somebody out here. You're always complaining, but listen, when you complain to one person, that is not the only person you're complaining to, because once you leave that person, that person is going to two, three, four, five other people, and your boss hears other people saying you always complain. You don't like your job. You hate this place. I can't stand my manager. And he's the one that was supposed to promote you. But then you come to church and you say, Pastor, those people on that job don't like me. Would you please pray? No. See, this is, this is the kind of stuff, man, this kind of stuff would get a preacher in trouble. No, I ain't praying unless I, I'm going to ask you some questions. I'm going to ask you some questions. Do you go to work on time? Do you do the job that they hired you for? Then I'm still not praying. 
you need to get there before time. And you need to do a job better than the job they hired you to do. Then I will pray. Because I'm not going to pray for God to promote you if you're not promotable. See, I'm telling you this kind of talk. Pastor, you're supposed to pray the Lord's blessings over me. Not if you late to work all the time and complaining and bickering. No, you might not be making the kind of money that you want to make, but you making something. And listen, listen, listen. Why are you trying to make friends on the job in the first place? That's your job. That's my job. If I don't have nary friend at the bank, I don't care. I'm not there to make friends. I'm there to make a paycheck. And if they mess up that paycheck, they're going to have an enemy with me. Why? Because that paycheck is my seed. And if you mess with my seed money, then you're messing up my connection with God. So listen, and nobody want me to go to lunch with them. Stop whining. Yeah, it's fast that day. <laughs> That's the Lord saying, go ahead and fast that day. <laughs> it's prophetic. <laughs> Y'all don't want to eat with me? That's all right. I'm a fast today. <laughs> yeah, I'm fasting. I'm going to be walking fast to the lunch hall. <laughs> I'm fasting. Praise God. Is this making sense at all? Yeah. Right? So listen, listen. If you got a lot of negativity that's pent up inside of you, then the sound that comes out of you is not the sound that God responds to. Listen, listen. It, 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 it's not what goes in a man that defiles him. It's what comes Because, see, what's in the well is what the... See, the tongue doesn't change what's in the well. The tongue goes down like a bucket. It pulls out what's in here. If there's nothing in... <laughs> listen, listen. Junk in... So in order for you to change the sound, you got to change. What you, come on, somebody. You got to change what you hear. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. But if you're always hearing negative and bickering and complaining stuff in your ear gate, then that's what's in your well. And the, and the, the tongue, the bucket, only pulls out of the well what's there. If you want to change the well, change what you hear. I'll give you that one for free. I said, if you want to change the well, change what you hear. Faith comes by hearing. Listen, listen, before I move on, what are you and who are you allowing to speak into your life? And listen, listen, let me take it a little step deeper. What are you saying to yourself? Because the biggest enemy is the enemy in the me. Why? Because I'm the one that's going to ruin my success. Because I talk my way out of it because I base my future on the stuff I failed at in my past. Some of y'all are right there where I am, right there, right there, right there, right there. You've allowed your past to creep up and stifle your future. But it's easy to blame someone else. See, it's easy. Oh, I can't do it because somebody said something. I can't do it because I failed last time I tried to do it. The devil is a liar. That's right. Let me ask you something. The last time you failed, 
what did you learn from it? Because, see, it's only bad if you didn't learn anything. If you learned something, then you take what you learned, apply it to the next level. If you didn't learn anything, you're going to fail again so that you can learn what you need to learn. Failure is not a bad thing, saints of God. It's a great book. Can I give you a great book? Please read it. It's called Failing Forward. It's by John Maxwell. I read a lot of leadership books. And if you're a leader in anything, in an organization, you got your own business, you need to read this book, Failing Forward. Because what that book teaches you is that if you fail, it's not a negative thing if you capitalize on what you've learned. But if you do it in the wrong way, the enemy is going to use your failures to always bring it up when you try to succeed at something else. And until you rebuke that enemy from your life and say, you know what, I'm not going to fail and go backwards. I'm going to fall and go forward because I'm going to learn. I'm going to take those setbacks and make those setbacks my stepping stones so I can step into my future. Who am I talking to today? Is this making sense at all? So God is looking for Zion, Zion, Zion. He's looking for Zion to blow the trumpet. He's looking for the church to blow the trumpet. You know what he means here? He means he wants you to blow the trumpet of faith. Faith-filled words. God, I know what it looks like, but you're still God. God, I know I failed at that last time, but since you told me to do it again, I'm stepping off the boat of complacency, and I'm going to get rid of some of those friends who wouldn't step off the boat with me so that I can be a water-walking disciple. Amen? And see, you can't walk on water if you allow the deadbeats in the boat to keep you back. And one thing about the deadbeats in the boat, they never got the touch of Jesus even when Peter fell. Because when Peter fell, he didn't call the deadbeats on the boat. He called out to the Lord. Because one thing that happens when you get rid of people, you ain't got nothing but God. He said, Lord, save me. And he got a touch from Jesus because Jesus lifted him up out of that water and said, let's walk back to the boat. No, Jesus walked on water with Peter. Peter was not allowed to walk with Jesus until after his failure. See, I'm helping somebody in here because you always want to be successful at everything. You're going to fail at something. Let me just help you. I know you got faith. I know you trust God, but you're going to fail at something. And I want you to understand that just because you fail in the natural, you fail and it's a negative. But spiritually, when you fail, God just allows you to take the test over. And so all you need to do is capitalize on what you learned when you failed the last time so that you can take the test. But you've been through the experience. What about blowing the trumpet of peace? You see chaos going on all around the world. Oh, I just don't know that world. It's going to hell in a handbasket. But what are you speaking? All this negative stuff going on and da-da-da-da-da. People ranting on Facebook. Blah, 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 blah. Nothing but negative. But then they will say, and praise God. What? <laughs> Wait a minute. 
been given the wrong sound for eight paragraphs. And you got two words, praise God. It's the wrong sound. And listen, let me tell you something. As a Christian, you shouldn't be moved by what's going on. I'm just saying, as a Christian, I'm only moved by what's going on in heaven. I'm telling you, God, there's an outpouring that he's going to pour on the church in 2017. And let me just give you a little snippet here. Some of this outpouring is going to be money. Amen. I'm just telling you. All right. Now, you notice everybody want that, right? <laughs> There's a caveat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, y'all want me to pray and go home? No, don't you? <laughs> Pastor, wrap it up. That's it. That's my word. I came to church this morning for that word. Wrap it up. God, I want you to say nothing else. <laughs> Praise God. You say, you say that word. Everybody want that, right? Somebody say money. Ain't nothing wrong with money. Somebody say money. You know, you can say money in the church. It's all right to say money. Somebody say money. It's all right. The Bible says money answers all things. That's what the Bible says. Having money is not evil. Listen, listen, listen. What you need to do is make money your friend. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Not your enemy. Amen. Amen. You attract what you respect. Come on, man. Come on. That's good word. That's good. That's good. If you don't respect it, you won't have any. You attract the anointing you respect. If you disrespect an anointing, you'll never attract it. If you just call me John, John is what you're going to get. If you disrespect the anointing that's on my life, all you're going to get is the natural. And that's all I'm going to give you. The anointing is not mine, it's his. But if you respect his anointing in my life, you attract what you respect. Is this making sense? If you're not operating in the anointing God has given you, nobody respected in you. Amen. Good work. Good work. So then who's responsible? I am. I'm responsible for the anointing God has placed upon my life. If I disrespect the anointing that's on my life, then God can't use me on new levels. Hello? There are some things, and I'm going to wrap this up. There are some things that God has blessed you with as an individual that you have been disrespecting. Now, I don't know why. Maybe it's because of bad teaching or bad training or, or maybe somebody that had that gift disrespected you and so you've kind of pushed that gift off. But don't, don't allow somebody who misappropriated a gift to dictate to you how you should operate. Told you I didn't come to preach. I came to teach today. Listen, God is ready to do a new thing in you, saints of God. Are you, are you hearing me? He wants to move in your life. Listen, long gone are the days of Superman preachers. They're gone. They still look good today, but God is getting ready to bring that down. 
I'm telling you, you like, I already told you what God gave me. More and more preachers are getting ready to fall. Why? Because they made the whole ministry about them. And it's not about the people. It's got to be about the people. One of the things that you're going to begin to understand is what God is getting ready to restore in the church, which is the foundation built upon the apostles and prophets. That is getting ready to be restored. Go ahead, Pam. It's getting ready to be restored. Now, there is some more stuff I'm going to share with you about this. But one of the significant differences of an apostle and a pastor, a pastor wants you to come and be a part of his vision. An apostle wants to be a part of yours. That's the difference. I have never once asked any of you to jump on my vision. Never. I have asked you, what is your vision? So I can jump on that. Why? That's, that's the apostolic gift. It's different than a pastoral gift. Because apostles want to push the church to the next level, not himself. That's why it's so important of what kind of church you are a part of as we move forward in 2017. There is going to be a distinct and succinct sound from the real church compared to the false church. There are certain things that the real church is not going to put up with that the false church will. And listen, everybody knows the parable when Jesus separated the goats from the sheep. We're going into a season of separating the species. He's getting ready to separate the goats who disrespect him and reject him from the sheep who submit to him. Somebody say a sound. What kind of sound is coming from your mouth? What kind of words do you say about your spouse? What words do you speak about your children? What kind of words do you speak about your business or your ministry or even your job? Because if you're giving the wrong sound, you're going to get the wrong results. Somebody say a sound from heaven. If you want to change the results, change the sound. It's simplistic, isn't it? It is. This is from the fruit of your mouth. Fruit. What kind of fruit do you want to come from your mouth? Before I pray, I just want, you, I want to take you back for a second. Remember when you were smaller? And maybe there's, there's a couple of people here who needed the praise from their parents. I mean, you were at a, at a vulnerable moment, and all you needed was a word from your guardian, or you just needed somebody to believe in. You just needed somebody to care. You just needed somebody to affirm you. If I only had somebody to just come up to me and say, you know, you're going to be somebody awesome one day. I might have had some different sounds to come out of my mouth. 
But for years, I had the wrong sound. For years, I blamed people. And I was wounded. Something about wounds, covered wounds don't heal. And when we get around people, we cover up those wounds because they're still tender, right? But at some point, you're going to have to open up those wounds and let the fresh air of the Holy Spirit to breathe a new life into you. You can't do that with everybody. But God will give you discernment so you'll know who to open up to. And I had a man to speak into my life. And it wasn't my father. It was Greg Goba. And it was her father who believed in me. And I was a grown man. But one thing I do know, saints of God, it doesn't matter how old you are. When you get affirmed, you go right back to that little boy. And you say, God, I need it here. I needed to be around somebody who believed in me. Somebody who trusted me. Somebody who saw my future was better than what I saw. That's what I see in your life. I see your future as being bright. I see your future being blessed. I don't care what's going on in this nation. The sound that I'm speaking over your life is nothing but blessings. Nothing but anointing. Nothing but favor with God. Or power with God and favor with men. When I pray over you, it doesn't matter what's going on in your life. I don't care what you share with me. I'm going to be praying blessings over your life. Why? Because if you give up the right sound, we'll get the right result. I'm telling you right now. Because see, this is where real healing comes. Because I know some of you have been, been hurt. There, there have been years and years of wounds, wounds on top of wound, on top of wound, on top of wound. And you've allowed that bitterness to hold you back from your future. We hope you've been blessed by today's powerful teaching. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support of this ministry. Visit us in person at 5805 West Highway 74 in Indian Trail, North Carolina. That's near Lowe's Hardware. Or you can find us on the web at www.changeatc3.org. That's change, C-H-A-N-G-E-A-T-C, the number three, dot org. Or call us at 704-821-7368. Covenant Community Church, where the truth is revealed.